Welcome to Men of the Hearts, a monthly podcast from the Archdiocese of Detroit Office of Priestly Vocations. Join me, your host, Father Craig Guerra. And Father Drew Maybe. As we explore the priesthood, hear vocation stories from priests all over the Archdiocese and answer questions about discerning a priestly vocation. Tune in every month to wherever you get your podcasts and learn more at DetroitPriestlyVocations.com. So welcome, everybody, to another episode of Men of the Hearts. I'm so excited today. I, I can't contain myself, the joy and the happiness, and uh, I'm trying to build myself up right yeah, now. Yeah, no, that's I'm great. I love a, it. I'm yeah. in a very dark mood right now, and I'm trying to, <laughs> trying to make myself a little bit lighter. But, yeah. you know, we have a Lighten great up, guest yeah. on today, and uh, he uh, plays music and brings joy to people. He is uh, a teacher as well, Prof. and also a really good priest as well, so... Welcome, Brian, to uh, Father Brian, to uh, the podcast. Thank you, brother. Wow, that was a great introduction. Welcome, Father I, Brian. I, yeah. I'm overwhelmed. I didn't expect that. Yeah. yeah well, we were going to actually shoot some fireworks off too, and maybe have like a spotlight come on you. But I had some sparklers, had but, but I was told I couldn't light the sparklers up I in the studio. Yeah. So. Got to do what you're told. Fire yeah. code, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So welcome. It's good to have you on. Thank you. Thanks for having me. This is great. Thanks, brothers. Yeah. Father Drew, how are you doing today? I'm hanging in. How about you? Oh, I'm. I'm in a dark mood i need to nice. be lifted up so hopefully by the end of the podcast i'll have a, a, a huge smile on you'll my be face. flying in the clouds yes yeah. right yes. on that's a good goal let's yeah. do it yeah let's do it let's make it happen let's do it yeah but before we get into your vocation story why don't you share with us something going on in your life that's uh i don't know interesting beautiful fun exciting awesome. whatever uh, yeah for sure uh so i teach here at sacred heart major seminary i'm uh back in my first year teaching full-time and I love it. It has been such a blessing to be in the classroom with the seminarians and the commuter students. Uh, I'm having a lot of fun, probably more fun than I should be allowed to have. And That's I hope, awesome. I hope the students are having a little yeah. bit of fun. Um, but no, they're turning in great work. We're halfway past this uh, in the semester here, just past midterms. And right uh, it's been a lot of fun. It's been a great blessing to, after time away in studies, to be able just to put a lot of it into practice and to kind of bring what the, I've been given as a great gift of studying scripture and been able to share that with others now. Yeah. Why is it fun? Like what's fun for you? Like what? To me, being able to teach and see, um, see people really dive into the text of the scripture, make connections, like see the light bulbs go off and, and just to interact with the students in class. Like we have great discussions and the nice. time flies by for me. What do you teach again? You just mentioned scripture. So. Yeah, so mainly scripture. Um, I also teach an intro to the Catholic faith class in the parish. Uh, oh, cool. At one of our extension campuses, which has been great. And then here at the seminary, I have John's Gospel and the Pentateuch, the first five books of the Bible. Wow. Yeah, you're really going deep there. Yeah, oh, we're yeah. all in. Yeah. Yeah. What, tell me about, real quick, I don't think many people know this, but what are uh, what's this like extended campus option you just referenced so, for the uh, seminary? In the parishes throughout the archdiocese on a couple different sides of town, the seminary has uh, an extension campus where folks from the parishes, folks from the communities can come and take a class, a real live seminary class with a real live seminary professor. And it's just a great way for us to get out into the parishes and to the neighborhoods to unleash the gospel, to share the good news. And I actually, the class that I'm teaching out in Plymouth has been awesome. There's a great number of students who just want to learn more about their faith, some that may be discerning uh, the diaconate, some that may want to come here to Sacred Heart to do more graduate studies. So these would be the first college classes they would take to get their feet wet. And um, we have great discussions, great questions. And a lot of them honestly have said, even from the beginning of the class, that they just want to know more about their faith as they interact with friends and family and neighbors who may be away from the church or not practicing, sure. they, they have learned 
uh, a lot that they're able to share and to be good evangelists, good witnesses in the community. Right on. Yeah, that's really cool. If somebody's interested in that, what do they do? Just jump on the website and just... Yeah, they can uh, They can go on the seminary's website and um, on the admissions page and in the different um, Catholic, uh, what's it called? The uh, Certificate in Catholic Theology. That's, okay. the, um, that's the core classes they would take in that first stage to get more excited about their faith and hopefully come down here to the, to the SEM and do some graduate studies. So it's shms.edu? That's the one. Yep. Right dot edu. Edu, not yeah. to be confused with com from your earlier that's right plug yeah. there yeah that's right. but you should bookmark both of those yes yeah. on your on your browser yes. of choice and, and as you drive down to the yeah. seminary to take your class you can listen to the podcast that would be a perfect right. time yeah. to listen to right? it as you're pulling up into the gates here yeah. that's right yeah. yeah they might even let you in quicker that's right like, yeah. you might be so engrossed in it that you just sit in your car and listen <laughs> to the whole episode you might miss the first few minutes of your class because you yeah. just couldn't get it, couldn't break away you could share notes with someone yeah. that's right yeah. i'm listening to my professor right in the parking lot that's right yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. nice so, so have you have you done any tests or papers yet so my class is a little different than I would say maybe your traditional, what you just described. They have a couple different quizzes throughout the semester that they can take. Um, and part of the way that it enforces learning is they can actually take the quizzes multiple times. Hmm. Uh, and the, the online system only remembers your highest score. So it actually encourages them and inspires them to take it multiple times to do more of the learning on their own. Hmm. Um, yeah, there's a huge bank of questions, so you're not guaranteed to get the same questions every time. But the more you take it, it seems to be the better score you get, and the more you're kind of learning and retaining. But this is the online version. That's just, uh, it's for even my in-person classes, but I just do the testing online. Okay. So I can use that system. Same with the seminarian. Yeah, yep, they have the wow. same setup, yep. That is interesting. So, And then they have some options to write longer papers or shorter papers. Um, mm. The scripture classes I teach, I take more of a lectionary-based approach, so we're hitting really hard the passages both in John's Gospel and in the Pentateuch that appear in the Sunday lectionary. Mm. So a lot of the assignments that the students do, especially the seminarians, uh, it's really early homily prep, like they're making connections between the Old Testament and the New Testament, even in the course of the class, writing journals, writing outlines uh, for homilies already, so they can start thinking about the scripture and how it interacts with each other, with you know different parts of the scripture, and how that can be shared with a community. Uh, That's awesome. Mass. Yeah. Yeah. That We're sounds playing. like it hey, sounds like you you're a what? great teacher. I mean, like you, I wish I had your class. Yeah, yeah. God. I could go on better, and on and on, but I know that's, this here, is not yeah. a podcast yeah. on on you know education at the seminary. But I could go on yeah. and on and on about how much fun we're having. Yeah, nice. That's awesome. Well, you want to talk a little bit about you being a musician as well? Because I know you. Yeah. Uh, is it the piano and the organ, or just the piano, <laughs> or? Uh, piano for sure, and enough organ to get by. I wouldn't consider myself an organist, but I can. I can. And you can sing too. Yeah, I was a voice major in um, in college in my undergrad. A voice nice. major. Yeah. So I studied music education in my undergrad, and uh, thought I wanted to either be a music teacher or a music minister, which I did. I was a music minister in parishes for a couple of years before coming in seminary, and I was really fortunate. I feel very blessed to have had that opportunity, uh, not only to work in parishes before. Uh, doing priestly ministry, but also uh, to work alongside brother priests uh, as a music mm -hmm. minister, to be involved in liturgy, to be involved kind of in the life of the parish. And I found it to be uh, a great preparation for, for the ministry that we, we do now. So it was awesome that I spent some time, I think, in the parish beforehand. And I was happy to share the gift, the musical gifts that I was given. I mean, it's a great way to... Um, to give glory to God, I think by doing what we are doing, the the gifts, using the gifts that He's given us, and and I found that to be a great way to grow in my own faith and hopefully inspire the faith of yeah. others. Do you still play? 
I'm not as good about it. I need to slide on the organ here at the seminary. So we have some seminarians that um, yeah, help yeah. out with the music in addition to our wonderful music staff here. Um, but uh, they've all been encouraging me to get back on there because I haven't played in a couple of years and I, I probably should get back on there. So Isn't that yeah. interesting? Like the gifts that God has given us and brought us to like the seminary and to the priesthood, sometimes we lose. Yeah you know, that gift and, you know, I do art. And so it's like, yeah, you also play the mandolin, right? I do play the mandolin. He, he well. really shreds the mandolin. Actually. Oh, I've heard man. him in the, in the rectory. Sometimes. Well, thank you. It's, yeah. Thank you. It's like music <laughs> to your ears. All of a sudden you're in the chapel and you just hear like a mandolin just kind of coming from the distance. But wow. Sorry. I just wanted to share your many gifts there. Yeah, yeah. Well, if I knew someone was listening, then it would sound horrible. <laughs> so like, as long as I'm by myself, I'm a great musician. But yeah, yeah. You just I'm, let that mandolin sing out and let, just yeah. praise God. Yeah. You're right. Yeah, definitely. But I gotta usually be by myself when I do it. You, know? <laughs> yeah, you can praise in solitude, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it is interesting though. It's like when I came to the seminary and then became a priest. It's like being an artist in a different way. Is like before it would take an hour just to really even get started on on hmm. a painting and and getting into it for a couple hours. And now I might only have like forty five minutes. So it's a different way of entering into doing a gift that the Lord has given you and it's yeah. sometimes it's you know you gotta you gotta relearn it somehow yeah it's probably one of the common questions I get asked to by people who knew me before I was a priest um, if I miss doing music and I was involved in a lot of theater and, mm-hmm. and, and things like that too in the community and at local high schools and people ask me a lot like do I miss doing that and I think one of the beautiful things about ministry is that God does give you these gifts and he allows you to use them in a, in a different way, just like you're saying. Like he would never give you a gift and then say, okay, we're not gonna do that anymore in this phase or this chapter of your life, but you might use it in a different way. So even coming here to the seminary and helping out with music at the liturgies here, being involved in the productions, the plays and things that we did hmm. at our time at the seminary, um, those were great ways of seeing how God takes these men with the different talents they have and they can use them in priestly ministry in preparation for ministry to, to build up the church and to give him glory yeah i think it's even you could say actually i'm in this next to a professor here so i want to be careful i don't <laughs> say something incorrect here i'm but, off the clock today so. uh i mean certainly it's the case for priests but i think it's just the case in the christian life you know like there's a way in which our humanity comes to life all the more fully when we come to know jesus and we start to step into his life and we don't tend to lose you might say the gifts or necessarily have to part with them, but they actually become kind of more um, more imbibed or imbued with life, divine yeah. life. And so our humanity, I think, just like should come to life more, it seems to me, than than, yeah. than almost being like, well, I got to break with everything that I used to do. Obviously, there's certain things we do have to break with if they're sinful, but there's a way in which, um, you know, like music can just kind of take a whole creativity, like depth of beholding beauty and can just take a whole, uh, a whole new, enter a whole new realm as you start to step into yeah. Jesus's life. That's great. Yeah. Especially it. as a priest too, I yeah. feel like, because you're supposed to not just be like a robot. I mean, you wanna, you got different gifts and I have different gifts and you have different gifts and different humanity, different personality. And it, he wants to use all that. I'm just always. Yeah. yeah. And sometimes we can use our gifts for the wrong reason too. And sure. You know, I mean, like I said today, like just the way I feel, I mean, today would have been a good day to just be in the studio all day, drink a pot of coffee and, not talk to a single person yeah listen to music but um what kind of music oh good music yeah right on, <laughs> yeah, right on. <laughs> like a mandolin just kind of instrumental no nah, i don't know yeah i don't know okay we're glad you came yeah today yeah to lead us i, was, I would have been up for a little bit of coffee <laughs> or espresso too by the way so 
everyone. If anybody's out there who make, if you're if you're roasting your beans out there and you want to sponsor this podcast, we would totally be down to do a little sampling. Yeah, send it to the everybody in the house. Office. Yeah. Yes. I thought you were just about to go into a commercial. That sounded like like a lead-in. I thought you were well, ready. Yes. No, what, well, we... You, the way you did that was like, that would be perfect. I thought you were just about to do it, but we sounds like we need that sponsor out there. We, we need, did. Maybe we need coffee. The seminary, yeah, we need yeah. coffee. Think about the benefit, yeah. yeah. Good yeah, coffee. Good coffee, yeah. <laughs> Not Folgers. Sorry, Folger fans. Yeah. A hot take from yeah. Andrew over here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Andrew, why don't you talk a little bit about your blessing this <sighs> month, this week, this yeah season of your life. Yeah, I think um, last time I mentioned some folks that were kind of have come onto, I think our radar at the parish, but mainly my radar that I've just been having a real joy. Um, it's just been a huge gift getting to know them, and they're thinking of two in, in, individuals, and they got really um, just kind of crazy pasts, but uh, it's just been a gift to see Jesus kind of enter into their lives slowly or re-enter into their lives. So that's been a continued gift from last time. But I think I've just been struck by, um, we have like two hospitals in our in our uh, boundaries. And I go to one of them very regularly. <laughs> and uh, I, I'm not, if you're um, anybody from the assignment boards listening, I'm not asking to be a hospital chaplain here, but there is something, uh, not that he's, they actually do, but uh, I'll do whatever you want me to do. Board. So that's fine. Missioning team? Oh, yeah, you're on the assignment board. <laughs> sorry. I want to say thank you to my brother, Priest. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot that uh, we, had, we just had an update. I'm sorry. Yeah. So, uh, but so I've been say, really, say that again so I can write it down. Yeah. <laughs> I've been really enjoying uh, going to the, I mean, I love going to the hospital, but it's just like these momentary encounters that you get to step in somebody's life. And some, oftentimes it's like their extended family. And sometimes it's like very, uh, it's circumstances they had a lot of time to prepare for because somebody's dying because of old age or just like a declining health. But oftentimes it's also not, it's just like a totally unexpected reality. Um, you know, uh, there was a, I, got, I just got back from vacation, a couple of days of vacation. And as soon as I landed in back in Pontiac, I won't tap the table again. Um, <laughs> I got an, I got a call, two calls to the hospital. And one was just like a, it's just like a crazy kind of freak accident for this guy, a gentleman who was a, a dad and a grandpa and, and uh, the whole family was there and you just get to see the Lord kind of work in a very profound way um, as, as he literally saves um, folks through you as you administer the sacrament uh, of anointing. Um, and, and just how the Lord can kind of use you even with the family at times. And uh, I, I don't know, I just, I get a sense often that um, there's a real grace and almost a moment for like to really just kind of share the gospel with people in a very profound way because they're really ready to hear it in the moment because they're just oftentimes in a really dark place or just in a really like place of need. Um, And that can continue on out into the hallway sometimes even with like one of the medical staff or um, uh, some of the other kind of chaplains in the hospital that are uh, Protestant brothers or whatever. I've had some great conversations with them now. And uh, yeah, so it's just... Those have been some real blessings for me lately. I've, I've had a number of just kind of sick calls, and uh, that and um, Deacon Mike, who is the, the permanent deacon in our parish, he's been really doing a great job at trying to care for the homebound, and we have uh, we have a plethora of, of folks who probably won't be able to make it back in mass to mass know, in person. Anyway, so that, that, that we've just been saying mass at some of these homebound folks uh, in their home uh, for them, so they could actually have mass, and uh, yeah, it's just similar to the hospital it's just been a huge gift to kind of just minister people to people in uh in their humanity 
and uh, yeah. So those have been two great graces, I think, for me. So That's awesome. Awesome. Kind of rocking. Thank you. You know, driving yeah. around town, and um, it's Pontiac too. You know, you never know what you're going to have happen. We just had like a nice uh, drug bust on our street a few weeks ago, and yeah. So you just it's a lot of action going on. Sounds like. That's where the parish needs to be, right there on that that's, street. That's right, right where Jesus wants that's to where be. Jesus wants you to be. That's where he wants to be. And sure. you were with my classmate, Father Jacob Van Ash. Yeah, yeah, he's a rock star. Thought we'd give him a little shout out. Yeah, Father Jacob Van Ash is like uh, his Spanish. I mean, people often think he's actually originally from Mexico because he's got like the beard going now and the kind of like the just the, the the his Spanish is so fluid and a lot of features. Kind of people often kind of confuse him. They're like, they're like, what part of Mexico are you from? He's like, I'm actually from like Belleville. And they're like, where's that? Oh, here, right in here in Metro Detroit. So, anyways, <laughs> Father yeah. Jake is all things to all people. So That's a good way of putting it. Yeah, why they would think that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so cool. it's kind of, yeah, awesome. Well, you want to go into your vocation story and tell us a little bit about how God called you? Wait a second. What about the you? You usually have a couple gifts to share. Oh, right? do I have gifts? Uh, Sorry, or, or blessings? No, no. Sorry yeah. to cut your, your story no, short. No, no. I uh, I went hunting. Um, a couple of weeks ago, that was nice. It was just me and my brother, so just kind of some brotherly time together. And nice. it rained and it was dark and cold, and and I like it like that <laughs> out in the forest. And he just brought it full circle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah no, I pot of it was, coffee. It was interesting. It was like, yeah, it was like raining really hard. I'm soaking wet, and I was tying like little uh, ribbons to the tree so you can you know figure find your way out in the dark and everything. And I realized last year why it was so hard for me to get out. Of, and into the woods in the dark is that I'm colorblind, so I can't really see the orange oh, wow. in the tree very well. Mm. And so I bought this uh, rope that was blue and was tying all these blue ropes. And, and I was like, okay, I got no problem now. It's not That's like amazing. I didn't have a sense of direction. It's just I couldn't see. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, But it was fun to be out there and, and to just be in the humanity of it, you know, yeah, getting please. a little bit, you know, soaking wet you know kind of feeling it in your bones and i got my truck and you know you're going through all these different trails with huge puddles and it was muddy and it was awesome yeah Yeah, i love that yeah Yeah. so yeah Yeah, that's awesome i think that's a good lead-in to a vocation story yeah you're ripping through the trails going through these trails and and trying to see in the dark and looking for the signs and i mean thank you for that great lead-in yeah Yeah, perfect i've never been hunting but I'm going to take some of the imagery from yeah, it and yeah. weave it in. Here. Tell us about the trail, Father <laughs> Brian. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so um, my vocation story. Let's see. I grew up in uh, just a nice Catholic family, mom and dad and my one older brother. My brother and I are 13 months apart. We uh, are close in age, but so, so different, um, almost complete opposites. We were growing up. My brother played sports and listened to rap music, and I was in, like, drama and theater and nice. just could not have been – more different. Um, Listen to Sweeney Todd. Um, probably not in grade school, but, but <laughs> yeah, by high school he was college. Doing, he was listening to Tupac and some other things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was probably a little bit of like Oklahoma or Carousel versus uh, <laughs> you know some rap music there. So um, it was an interesting home to grow up in for sure. But That's yeah, awesome. no, our parents were, were uh, wonderful and supportive and helped us to grow in all the things we were interested in. I had the great blessing of attending 12 years of Catholic school. Wonderful, awesome gift that our, our parents gave to us. And um, What school was yeah, that? Your alma mater? Yeah, so I went to St. Thecla in Clinton Township. That's my grade school. Um, okay. And still have a great amount of friends from that community and from that part of my life. And it's, um, it was a great place to grow up. 
And uh, it's where I fostered a lot of my musical abilities. I had a great arts, fine arts department there and did awesome musicals and plays and things like that. So kind of really found my niche uh, in middle school for sure with that. What's your favorite musical? Oh, it, um, gosh, Sweeney it Todd? changes. I, another Sweeney Todd reference here. Yeah. I don't have a little shop of horrors. Yeah. Um, I, I do like little shop. My favorite. Uh, it's it's just hard to it's hard to pick one. I do. There's a show called Ragtime from the early early like the late nineties. Sounds 1990s. Hello, my darling. Hello, my, 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 hello, my ragtime yeah. That one didn't make it into the. <laughs> into the <laughs> that one was cut. That was pretty wild. I love that. Is that what it's from? Um, n- that is just a ragtime song. Okay. That's not yeah. From the musical ragtime. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Um, but uh, but thank you for singing a little bit yeah. on the podcast. Yeah. Here. If only you would have thrown in the Mando. Anyways. I know. It yeah. needed some accompaniment. I think. Yeah, it did. <laughs> it and then it would have really nice <laughs> soothing tunes. Yeah. So, But no, I still enjoy going to theater and, and, and nice. seeing shows and stuff. So, um, What's the last show you've seen? Um, I saw, what did I see recently? Oh, I went to Stratford uh, and I saw, it, it was Shakespeare in that in that context. I saw um, nice. Hamlet in Stratford. Sorry, not Hamlet. It was King Lear. Sorry, King Lear in Stratford. Okay. Yeah. Cool. So, uh, yeah, grade school was awesome. Great Catholic education that I got. And then off to DLSL in Warren for high school. Um, okay. Wonderful Christian brothers and great staff there that instilled the faith in us. And Christian brothers, they got the big uh, yeah, collar, right? Yeah, like a white um, like a white set of... Like uh, a Quaker oat. Yeah, it kind of yeah. looks like that. Yeah. 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 So Steel cut or regular? No, I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. So the good, good old Christian brothers, um, whom I still have a great opportunity to um, do some liturgies and celebrate mass for that community as I go back there, and I'm invited back, which has been awesome. But my high school time was great; made made great friends, continued uh, continued to study music and to get involved in drama and things like that. So then, when I went off to college, my uh, my plan really was to teach music. I had hoped to I actually wanted to teach at my high school. I wanted to go back and teach at La Salle. Oh, nice! It was like one of my, my one of my That's goals. That's awesome. Yeah, and. I would say it was uh, it was during my time in college where I started to meet a lot of Christian friends, um, who, not necessarily Catholics, but other Christians, who, knowing that I had gone to 12 years of Catholic school, had a ton of questions about the faith. Mm. And I felt like this was an opportunity for me uh, to hopefully provide some answers, but also to realize like there were things that I didn't know that I needed to find out. So I started reading more about mm. the faith even in... Uh, in, in my own time in college. And I had, you know, practiced my faith and had gone through spots like we all have where I was not going to church as much, not going to confession. Um, and But it was all these questions that, like, uh, other Christian friends started to draw out that I was doing more uh, learning about and research about, and, and it helped me really fall in love with the Lord even more deeply myself because I found it to be a great way to not only to teach others but to to encounter Christ as the teacher himself who gives us you know the words of life to share with others so yeah I would say I was really blessed in my college uh, my years of college to um, have those friendships form Mm -hmm. and to just dive way more into the um, the great treasury of of the faith that we have both in the catechism and lives of the saints I started reading Mm -hmm. the fathers and just like really getting into things that um, helped me deepen my relationship with the Lord. And at the same time I was uh, doing this, I started working in music ministry part-time because I was getting more involved in my faith myself and I wanted to mm-hmm. contribute to the life of the church. So I worked for um, worked for two or three years as a part-time music minister, and then I got a full-time music ministry job after college at St. Thecla, at my home parish, which was awesome. Working yeah. at your home parish yeah, is yeah. great. Like It was the community you grew up in, and there were a lot of people 
in that parish still that I knew from my time as a student there, and um, I loved it. And it was uh, one of the best things about being the music minister was like having a key to the church. I could get into the church and spend time in front of the sacrament. Yeah. And obviously was discerning this whole time, and it's easier now in retrospect mm-hmm. to kind of see it. But at the time, you're not really exactly sure where God is calling you, but you just mm-hmm. know he's placed these opportunities in your life. And the more that you respond to it and respond to those graces, mm-hmm. the more he continues to lead. So I was spending a lot of time in the church itself parishioners would come up and would say, hey, have you ever thought about being a priest? Like, they saw something in me that I didn't see at the time. Um, the priest I was working with, Monsignor Gary Smetanka, who's been a mentor and a friend to me since I was in middle school, um, he definitely saw things in me and I think uh, encouraged me to to do more in music ministry, to get involved in the life of the parish, um, to get more involved in liturgy, come down here and take some classes at the seminary just to kind of see where God was calling me. And um, I love that approach, that it was always just an invitation because, again, people recognize things in us that we sometimes mm-hmm. don't see in ourselves at the mm-hmm. time. And uh, responding to those, well, that was a great way to... But did you ever think about the priesthood before that? So I thought about it a little bit at the end of high school. Uh, this is kind of a funny story. Um, at the end of high school, I remember going on the seminary's website and looking at like the list of classes that the guys have to take here, and I saw all the philosophy and all mm. the things that uh, the college guys take here in their early years. And I remember thinking, I was like, oh my gosh, there's no way God, there's no way God is calling me to that because I would never be able to do a philosophy class or I was yeah, much yeah. more like, you know, arts and music and things, things yeah. like that. So um, I remember, yeah, it was one of those things. And then I would, I would think about it other times too. And then there would, this thought would come where you would start to talk yourself out of it. I'd think like, oh, like, what if I, what if I mess up in the liturgy? What if I, what if I laugh at somebody in the confessional or make some like some embarrassing, you know, <laughs> interaction with a prisoner? And like you think, uh, you start to think those things. And I know now, I know those are like from the evil one. Those are the things yeah. that he, he's trying to distract us on our path and make it seem like, well, you're not good enough. You're not called yeah. to that. You're not worthy of this. And the, the, the answer is, the, the question is, it's like, yeah, God calls us to this, right? And yeah. it's not of our own initiative. It is a calling. And that's the beautiful thing, like when you receive that. So um, yeah, I did think about it a little bit earlier, um, but I, I was so quick to talk myself out of it. And then it becomes, it, it kind of becomes the thing that you, um, that gives you a lot of pause at first, or a lot of trepidation, but then the more, the more the Lord works on you and on your heart, it becomes the thing that you think about more and more and you kind of can't stop thinking about. Mm-hmm. Another thing that scared me about the priesthood was like the prospect of having to move around a lot, like to be sent to different assignments. Because like I was saying before, I just wanted to go back and teach at my high school and kind of just be planted yeah. there. Yeah, yeah. And it's it's how I know that the Lord has worked on me and helped me to grow closer to him because now things like that, they don't scare me anymore. They seem like opportunities to just be more free to go where God sends you, go where God needs mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. Um, so I love that he can take something in your own vocation story, something that worries you or gives you anxiety, and he can he can make that then mm-hmm. become a thing that allows you to say yes more freely. Yeah. You know? That's a good, that's a really good. Yeah. That's a really good kernel of reality right Thanks. there. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, um, worked those couple years in the parish and then... So you were taking some classes at the seminary now yes, too? Yes, I was a commuter student uh, taking a few of the intro to theology type classes okay. uh, before I formally entered. And that was great because it got me in the building, got me interacting with mm-hmm. guys who would become brother seminarians and brother priests and just really seeing that the Lord was calling me um, not not simply to do the kind of ministry I was doing in parish ministry, uh, in music ministry, but really to go deeper. So like how, how did that come about where you're like, okay, now I need to really, really, really discern this and possibly apply? Like where were you at, what you were doing? Yeah, I think I felt uh, like I'm, I'm sure there are some 
guys out there maybe listening that feel the same way or hopefully uh, might be able to acknowledge these feelings that when you're when you're thinking about the seminary, you're thinking about ministry and the priesthood, and then you're and you're trying to work and you're trying to just live in the world, so to speak. Uh, it, it there's a lot of distraction, right? And there's a lot of things that that take our mind off of that. So coming to the seminary or being able to just give um, that yes to God to at least at, to at least apply and enter. I mean, this is really the place where discernment has to happen, really needs to happen, because you're in an environment now that's just punctuated by prayer and fraternity and. Um, all these opportunities to grow closer with the Lord and to and to realize what it is that He's calling to you, who you are, and how you've been mm-hmm. made, and what your vocation is. What's ultimately going to make you happy and holy, right? So mm-hmm. for me, it was I started to feel like God was saying, "It's not this. It's not this. It's not this." To those other things, like working in the parish, like doing music and theater, and like it wasn't those things. Um, but there, there was something else He was asking me to consider, and it was almost like by going through that process of realizing that it's not this, it's not this, it's not this, it opens up a door that like there's something more that he has in store. Yeah. Um, and that for me, that was, that was the step that I needed to take. Like I needed to come on a come and see weekend. I needed to apply. I needed to just really dive in. And I remember telling, I remember in prayer saying that to God, like in my first two years here of those years of pre-theology before you enter the more like formal theological studies, I remember saying, like, Lord, I'll, I'll, I'll give you these two years. Like, I'm, I'll, I'll give you these two years. And if you like, you want me to be here. Like, if you want me to continue, like, then, then please reveal that to me. Please show me. And the grace He gives, the peace that He gives us in our hearts from like knowing that that this is where He's called us and this is what He wants us to do. Like, that just started to come so much more in my prayer. And not, you know, as you guys remember from seminary, not not every day is is like that. You know, not every mm-hmm. there's ups and downs along the path. But Definitely. just, I would say overwhelming amount of peace but it sounds like you got to try a little bit of everything without like looking at a closed door and staying at it because i I think sometimes guys get stuck and they're like this is what i thought i was supposed to do or this was the woman i'm supposed to marry or something and they're looking at a closed door Hmm. and and to be able to say okay i need to stop everything and and really look at what god wants for my life um, it's not an easy thing to do sometimes. Right. Yeah. How were you able to kind of make that happen? I think for me, knowing that, knowing that God has placed in our hearts this this call early on, you know, this vocation that that we're that's going to be fostered. So obviously, by baptism, it's the it's the call to be holy and the call to be on mission. Um, but that, that there's this specific way of how that's lived out in our lives. And I think I always knew that I would work for the church or that I would serve the church. Um, so even in if, when I was studying to be a teacher, when I was going to be a music minister, I always knew that like in the life of the church somehow I would be involved. Um, but I think, I think through that, God was able to show me even more than I thought was possible, like even a deeper way of knowing him and sharing the gift of love, which is the the goal of every vocation, right? Like, how are we going to live the love that God has given us? I think I was able to do it in a sense because, um, yeah, I, I, I think there were just a lot of different avenues and a lot of different ways that God continued to reveal his will. And and as I grew closer with him and grew closer with others who were practicing their faith and like living their faith, I just, I started to see those things in myself that, you know, that I could, that I could say yes to him and I could yeah. do what he's asking me to do. So you apply to the seminary, you make it in. What's that like? Yeah, um, I entered in 2009 with a great group of guys. Um, we had a wonderful class. Uh, 
uh, of men here in the seminary that we were with, and I really, I really found that the time here was um, was enjoyable. I mean, I felt like I was able to grow not only in my vocation, but to grow as a brother to these seminarians who are pray God one day going to be brother priests. Like you feel like you're joining something much bigger than you, and you see how God, we were talking about this even before, just earlier, like how God gives us so many different gifts. Hmm. So I look at my classmates and some of us are very, very different um, and, and have very different ways of doing ministry or even like, yeah. or even just sharing the gifts that we have. And the church is so much richer because of that. Like I look at our parishes or I look at doing seminary ministry now and, and the brothers that I'm with here and everyone just brings sometimes a different perspective or a different set of skills to it. And that's a great way that God is glorified, I think, uh, as we do that all together as part of of the uh, presbyterate, part of a seminary community, part of the body of Christ, really. Yeah. yeah. All a separate member of, of the one body. Yeah. Not doing the same thing. Right. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Right on. So do, now you, when you came to the seminary, you were one of the people that actually started plays back again here yeah so the seminary how that happened you know definitely because a lot of guys would say you know i'm gonna i'll never do art again or i'll never play music again or i'll never do this and then all of a sudden you're in the seminary and you're like hey we've got a theater can we do something yeah (laughs) so if uh if any of the listeners have been down to the seminary or if you haven't had a chance you should certainly come down and see the spring play that the seminarians continue to put on but if you come to the auditorium, you'll see, um, and if you get a, like a tour of it, on the back wall of the auditorium, there's all this graffiti from the past plays that have been done all the way back into like 50s, 60s, 70s. Um, way back in the day. Yeah. They the OGs. U- they used to do them uh, regularly in the in the community. And um, the Archbishop actually told us once that it was part of the, it was kind of part of the curriculum, like certain classes put on certain plays, like the juniors did a comedy and the sophomores did a Shakespeare. Like there was some way that it was like incorporated into the life of the liberal arts education that they were getting here, you know, just hmm, learning sense. drama and yeah, theater and sense. poetry and those types of things. Didn't know that. So the seminary has a long tradition of doing it. And then um, sometime in the mid-'80s, uh, I think that's the last date we saw up there, is when it kind of fizzled out. And we never really – I don't even know if I know the whole story about uh, how that happened. But there was a long period where nothing was happening theatrically in the auditorium. And then my first year back, um, Father Steve Polis, just Steve Polis at the time, but now Father mm-hmm. Steve Polis, he knew I had a theater background, and he said, hey, how, how can we get this up and running again? Like, I think it'd be a lot of benefit. He's a good instigator. He is, yeah, yeah, yeah in a very good way. Um, so, like, how can we, this would be good for the house. This would be good for men to have some of these skills. And I kind of just talked him through, like, what we would typically do in a setting for, like, with high school kids or community theater, just getting people, like, involved. So the very first year we did 12 Angry Men, which was good, because I think we only had, like, 13 guys who auditioned <laughs> for it. Uh, so we had just enough for everybody. Nice. Um, and uh, that was a great success. I mean, it was it was awesome to get the guys up on stage sharing their talents. Uh, one of my favorite things about doing the plays for six years here when I was at Sacred Heart was guys who sometimes you would never expect to get up there and to ham it up or to have like all this energy would start, certainly just like shine. And that was a really cool thing. And I think it helped guys with skills that they could use in preaching and teaching and being in front of people and I mean all of like those kind of skills that are fostered in theater uh, can transfer into aspects of ministry so that was a, a plus a big yeah. bonus for it too um, so yeah the first two years we did um, we did regular plays without music and then after that we did four musicals and we got we, we, we were filling the auditorium we packed that place that's awesome and the other cool thing was that it brought people down to the seminary people from the parishes and from the community would come hmm. uh, down for that event and, and like anytime we can get just more people in this building to see hmm. what it is that we do and especially maybe young people 
to see that this is a viable choice, a vocation in your life, and, and you get to see seminarians up there having fun, being creative, doing doing things that you might not expect. So I, th- I think for all those reasons, the play has been a really positive thing in the in the life of the house here. Yeah, yeah, that's really awesome. So and then it, in addition to the obviously the people on stage, there's all these hands that go into the production backstage, the costumes and props and sets and lights and sound. And I mean, we were almost able to get. Anybody who wanted to be involved in some capacity, whether it was on stage or backstage, like we can find a spot for you. Mm. And I think that's part of the beautiful thing about putting something together, a production like that, um, when you're working on that with your brothers and you're making something that's certainly bigger than any one of you. Like you see how how we're all connected in that, and like what great work we can do together yeah. with God's grace. You know. Yeah, a lot of times when we talk about the seminary, just you know, not just preparing as as becoming a priest but we talk about sports often and different things like that but this is another wing of of the creativity and and like you said different personalities and things like that is like i was never part of something like that so that's not really part of my thinking back to seminary days what we used to do but it's certainly part of yours and i think anybody who has a specific gift you know it can be used you know, like when I came here, they gave me an extra room to do artwork in. I didn't even ask for it. They just oh. gave it to me. Um, my classmate got a, you know, a wood shop to yeah. start doing, you know, now there is a wood shop down there. So guys who work with wood could go down there and, and do that or make the sets. So yeah. it's, um, it's pretty cool to think about how, like, much unique activity can happen in the seminary. Yeah. There is a... Um there was a guy, I don't know if he did, he, did he, Father Andrew Brinkman, did he do a year at the Sacred Heart? Do you remember? I don't know that name. We may not have overlapped. Yeah. I think he might have done like a year here shortly, and then I think he actually switched to a, I want to say he's maybe like part of a, kind of maybe like a society of apostolic life or okay. a community that's out, I think, based out in St. Paul, Minneapolis. But anyways, he was a, he was a pretty good uh, skateboarder. Hmm. And so I guess my brother would tell me, I remember before, this was before I was even Catholic, he's like, yeah, you probably... He's like, you know, you probably, uh, you know, there's there's at least one guy here who's into kind of action sports, you know, he's like out <laughs> in the parking lot on a skateboard. And I remember there was a guy here when I was in uh, seminary who was super into uh, bikes, like pedal bikes. And uh, he was a, a, a seminarian for the Diocese of Saginaw for a while. And he just ended up just turning out, but he had like, he would get guys into it. Like some of the guys, some of the guys actually do have bikes here. I think you can put them in the garage, right? Yeah, Still? yeah. And so he would like he became kind of like the house mechanic, and he had this little setup, and that he would he brought here from his his garage back home, and it's like a bike stand, and he'd do all your tune-ups and everything. And so, yeah, just to say, there's you know there's um, my, one of my classmates did like a, started doing a track meet. Um, there's a pretty pretty killer weight room now, thanks to some generous gym in Lansing. <laughs> so um, we had a paintball game for a while. Yeah, I don't know if that's still going on, but the amount of activities the men at the seminary here come up with, and like the kind of emails yeah. we get about, um, there's an art show coming up. There, I think there's going to be a chess tournament coming up. Still got to build a half pipe somewhere. That's the yeah, next that would be that yeah. would be next. But just the 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 creativity and the way that they use their gifts to help build up this community that's and awesome. to build up their brothers. I'm so edified by it every time I see one of those emails come through. I don't always, you know, it's not always something that I participate in. Yeah. Because um, you may not be necessarily drawn to each and every thing that's offered, but um, just to see the array, there's kind of a plethora of things being yeah. offered. Plethora. If I can <laughs> yeah. bring your word back, Father Drew. <laughs> Maybe a smattering even. There's yeah. even more than a smattering. Yeah, 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 yeah. Probably two smatterings. Yeah, yeah. That's not my word. <laughs> yeah. uh, but it's it's exciting to see all the ways that they the guys in the house really do flourish by yeah. 
using their gifts and especially using them to build up the community of the brothers that are here. It's that's it's one of the, my favorite things about it. Yeah. yeah. It's really cool to think about seminary life like that. Like, yeah, you do the studying and you do the prayer and you, you get formed, but at the same time, there's this, you know, environment that you're living in. It's yeah. pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and I think a part of like the formation even, or the like discipling that happens kind of comes through those avenues oh, yeah. as well. It's not just like in the 100%. classroom or in the meetings, like a guy kind of, kind of maybe might even have like a, that was even my next question, if you don't mind, but like if there was a moment in your seminary time where everything, the Lord really kind of confirmed your vocation in a very significant way, maybe there was multiple moments, but sometimes I know with like, even in some of those unexpected realms, some, you know, especially if a guy maybe is like maybe nervous about preaching or whatever, like that might be a realm where he feels really like confirmed that like, no, this is where the Lord actually wants me to go. And he sh- had I not done like the, the play, I would have never felt like the Lord could confirm my ability to kind of step out into a new place here, uh, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, that's me. great. Um, the one, I mean, there's so many moments where you feel like the Lord is really sure. calling you closer. I can remember on pilgrimage, so after the guys do their first year of theology, they typically go to the Holy Land, or uh, if not, they'll go to Europe and do yeah. a, like a pilgrimage of the saints, which is what we did our year. And I can remember, um, yeah, being with my classmates and... Um, being away on pilgrimage and being about halfway through your seminary time where you're starting to get more serious about that 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 yes to God. Um, just walking in the footsteps of the saints throughout Europe. Uh, I remember being in Fatima, having a very profound um, experience in Fatima uh, at one of the prayer vigils, one of the like nighttime rosaries with the candles yeah. and all that stuff and carrying mm-hmm. the, the statue of Our Lady with some of our classmates. Um, those moments really stick out as... Um, God calls you kind of outside of yourself, even maybe outside of the yeah, world yeah. that you know, yeah. into uh, the larger picture of what the church is and, and who the church is. Uh, but to be able to do that with brothers, mm-hmm. to grow in that, and then to hear him call you, um, I guess, individually, but then also collectively. So I don't know, that moment of pilgrimage as you're hmm. getting close closer to that time when you need to you know, make your yes to the Lord more uh, more clear, and then to be able to do that alongside the classmates you've had throughout mm-hmm. the years, yeah. was, a, was a really strong moment for me. Yeah, that's awesome. That's yeah. awesome. Thanks. Yeah. So, you get ordained. What year? Twenty fifteen. Twenty fifteen. Yeah. So, what's your first assignment? What are you doing? My first assignment. I was three very happy years at Our Lady of the Lakes in Waterford, where uh, Bishop Boyer's home parish. So, shout okay. out to our our Lansing friends there. Um, Lakes was awesome. It has a great school in high school. I loved it. Uh, awesome staff. Great music ministry at the time. I was two years with Father Larry Deloney, who was uh, finishing up his time in ministry there. He he retired in the in the time that I was there. So it was really beautiful to minister with a brother priest. I'm brand new ordained, and you're ministering with this with a priest who has been at that parish for 20 plus years wow. and has been a priest almost 40 years at that time. So, but we share the same priesthood, even though we're like. Um, uh, and I, I love that that piece of, of sharing in the life that way. And then I was one year with Father Scott Thibodeau when he came to be the pastor there. And he's still there now, and um, parish is going strong, and the school is hanging on, and we're praying that there's more and more more and more and vocations and more and more you know, disciples that come out of that place. So, yeah. Yeah. Do you get to do anything in the schools when you were there? Uh, yeah, so I was in the schools as much as I could be. Um, that was one of the great blessings of having both grade school and high school. And um, if I was having a day like you're having today, Father Craig, when you're just like <laughs> a little bit down, I would... Uh, Whole pot I, of coffee day. Yeah, yeah, I would go over and just hang out with kindergartners or second graders because they put it all in perspective, right? When you like yeah. sit on the floor and they start pummeling theological questions at you. 
Hmm. Uh, I loved the middle school students. Had a lot of great interaction in the middle school there because they were like just at that age where they're trying to put it all together and figure it out. So we had great discussions there. And then in the high school, I loved the fact that you could get into more of the hot button issues and like serious topics with high school students who are about to go off to college and trying to mm-hmm. equip them with the faith and with what's going to help them, you know, keep close to the Lord as they go off into that chapter of their life. So just in those different perspectives, um, yeah, I was really involved in the school as much as I could be. Yeah. Nice. Chesterton had something about that with little kids. I um, can't remember what it was. He's like, you forget all about your problems when, uh, you know, you're watching the two little kids, they get into a fight, and you're like, I don't know if it was right for Bobby to hit the person <laughs> back or not, you know? Like, and you get into the new world, and you forget about your problems yeah. and everything. So, yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah. So yeah. then then you get a call from the archbishop, and, and, and what's this call about? Yeah, so I remember exactly where I was. I was... <laughs> just at the desk finishing up a day of some meetings and I had missed a call from the Archbishop's secretary, his pre-secretary. So I called him back and um, it was Father Jim Grau at the time. He probably uses this line a lot, I'm Father sure. Jim Grau. Yeah, but he said, uh, um, you're not in trouble, but the Archbishop wants to see you tomorrow. Which I was really glad that he prefaced it with the not in trouble part because yeah. if he had just said the Archbishop wants to see you tomorrow, yeah, I probably serious. would have not slept at all that To night. go to the moose room. Yeah. Yes, that's right. And the moose is crying and they could either be Tears of joy or tears of sorrow. So in the Archbishop's house, there's this little parlor room where there is, yeah, like a nice fireplace and some books and yeah, and, and this moose, right? It's crying. Um, so <laughs> the Archbishop asked me if I would be willing to go study, um, uh, specifically Scripture and then specifically Old Testament, um, for the purpose of coming back here to the seminary and teach. Wow. So it was um, it was five five years in Washington D.C. at the Catholic University wow. of America. So, so like you had to learn like Hebrew and Greek. And yeah, my whole wow. first year was languages: um, Hebrew, Greek, a little bit of German and French for studies, and threw some Latin in there too, just for wow. good measure. So, uh, but I was I was uh, very humbled uh, that he asked me to study Scripture. I was thrilled that he asked me to study the Old Testament, and I was happy to say yes to that assignment. And um, yeah, just finished that up uh, earlier this year in the spring. Um, finished up my time in Washington, and that's why I'm back here at Sacred So why do, why do they take Daniel 3 out of Protestant Bibles? Wow. Yeah, I want to know took this. a real quick That, yeah, that went very, <laughs> yeah, that was like, because yes. I like Daniel 3 because it's about the three young men. We just got and took like a really long country road off. Into I'm the, asking an important yeah, no, question. It's good, here. it's yeah. good, I like it. <laughs> so it's the three young men in the fiery okay, furnace, sure. they're praising God. Yeah. Why is that not in there? Okay, so the answer to this question, I, thanks be to God, I actually, I actually <laughs> know this one. Yeah. I was like, oh, your CSA dollars have been yeah. wasted if I don't know this one. Yeah. Um, so that part of Daniel only occurs in the Greek text in the Septuagint, the Greek version of the Old Testament. Uh, so the Greek version of the Old Testament, the Septuagint, which, which Catholics and Orthodox use as canonical, has some of these extra chapters in Daniel and in Esther, for instance, and, t- and extra books you know, I, w- I shouldn't say extra. We have books that that have been removed by our Protestant brothers and sisters, right? So, um, so yeah, the answer to your question is that uh, it only occurs in the Greek of Daniel and not in the Hebrew. Correct. And in okay. Protestant Bibles, they they tend to focus more on the text that's preserved in the Hebrew, okay. both for Esther and for Daniel and those other books. Yeah. Hadassah. Yeah. Oh wow. He's got. He's got the. I like Esther. Esther is a yeah. good book. Yeah. Just finished a little bit of that in the briefing, right? Mordecai. Yeah. yeah. It's just like that would that'd be a cool nickname. Yeah, Mor- yeah. Mordecai. You could, I could, I could see you passing as a Mordecai. <laughs> no, yeah. I couldn't do Mordecai. Does that does that answer? Does that help? It does. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I like that. I like that book a lot, yeah. Daniel, and and I like the three young men in the fiery furnace. There's a lot of good meat there. Yeah. And 
So that story is still in the Hebrew, but that particular part that you're mentioning about their prayer, the long prayer that we pray on right. Sundays and morning prayer, mm-hmm. mechanical of the creatures and mechanical of creation, that those verses aren't included. In All that. right, let's go a little yeah. bit further. Okay. The uh, golden idol that he set up was it a was it of King Nebuchadnezzar himself or was it some other god? Not that he's a god, but like, was it an image of himself or an image of a different idol? So you're asking the story that prompts that next part, Correct. right? That yeah, they, yeah. they refuse to worship that. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I don't know if I know for sure this one, but uh, uh, yeah, it seems like the it seems like it could be Nebuchadnezzar himself. I mean, there was a lot of worship of even like the rulers in the ancient yeah. world, right? Do you have a different no, opinion? No. Or? And then how come Daniel is not in with the three young men? Because Daniel gets at the first part, they talk about Daniel yeah. and the other guys, and then they give new names. But then how come Daniel's not present in the fiery furnace? Yeah, wow, we are really getting yeah, this is <laughs> This is intensely... Uh, well, this is great. Yeah. This, this is, is great. Stuff. Yeah, yeah. I just would like to, to mention for the listeners that I was told... Bible in a year, you guys, if you're listening to uh, Vocations, <laughs> you're thinking about that, and maybe you're not familiar with the story. I was yeah. told I did not need to prepare anything, just show up for the podcast, don't do any homework, and yet they're yeah. firing these questions at me. Yeah, what does happen to Daniel in that passage? Um, yeah, it's more he's focused on the three. Yeah, yeah he's, he's not with them. But. And what? what's Daniel's name? What is his, his new name? Yeah. They change. Uh, it's similar to the name of the the other king. It's like Belteshazzar or something. I don't know if I'm yeah. saying that right. See now, now I mean the first question I felt really <laughs> confident on, and now hey, we're getting great. to the yeah. point where I'm possibly well, embarrassing Let's let's myself. bring it back full circle just to say. Whoa, whoa, whoa! I just wanted to say that like these are some interesting things that you get to talk about daily right. at the seminary. Right. Like sure. not only are you doing this in class and having a conversation. You go back and you have the hallway conversation for the next 45 minutes as guys sit in the hallway talking about how they believe it's this or this is really what I read or this is what I saw. And you're like, you're growing in your faith so that, you know, you're in the school after you're ordained a priest and you're in the third grade and, and the kid asks you, hey... They probably wouldn't ask you. Yeah, about you're, I don't think they're going to ask that. Yeah. <laughs> did not come up with my discussion did, with elementary school. Probably not even in high school. Yeah. Not even in high school. In yeah. Jesus' ascension, did, did he really fly away and they watched him or something like that? Like, See, if you come and take a class here at Sacred Heart Major Seminary, you can learn all this. Y- your professors will be better prepared than, than, than you know, firing questions at me here. So if you do want to come, you but know. You're, you're, the answers you gave yeah. were, well, were really I, good. I think they got a little progressively more vague as I went. But that first one I felt very confident about but oh, it's good yeah it's good what what's the so you're so you're from the parish i'm not trying to cut the cut the combo no, here. No, no, no. You're from the parish to studies yes back to the seminary correct what is the what's been the greatest gift in teaching scripture so far uh if you have like a particular you know just a moment that you saw the lord like maybe pierce somebody's heart hmm. maybe there's probably more than one moment obviously oh, yeah. yeah yeah for me to see students make connections, especially between the Old Testament and the New Testament. So all my work okay. and studies and research was in the Old Testament, sure. um, but I'm teaching a little bit of both, uh, both old and new. Um, Typology and Yeah, like so yeah. to see people like really start to make connections one way to the other, whether we're reading a gospel passage and we're looking at how this is foreshadowed in the Old Testament, or we're reading the Old Testament itself and we're looking at how this is fulfilled ultimately in Christ. Um, I think those types of conversations, those insights that students bring up in class, are great movements of the spirit, and for, especially for the the students here that are the men who are studying for the priesthood, it's going to make them excellent preachers. I mean, to be able to unlock that key, that that mystery of, of how mm-hmm. the old and the new interact as the lectionary puts those readings together, certainly in ordinary time, 
um, that'll bring a lot of, yeah. of, of clarity and, and focus on who Jesus is and how, how, he is, how he is the word who speaks to us still yeah. as they begin to break open that word for their communities, for their parishes. Yeah, yeah. like I remember someone asked me, why is, why is there always a picture of Jesus with a lamb? Yeah. They're like, oh, well, we say lamb of God. I'm like, well, can you explain that to me? I yeah. mean, like, it's yeah. the Old Testament. It's everything of the worship, so. Yeah. Yeah. What was your thesis on then? So I wrote uh, my thesis. I wrote on the first seven chapters of Ezra and Nehemiah. They're the late historical books that that tell the story of uh, Israel, of Judah coming back from the time of exile. And in the first seven chapters of that, those books, there's all these letters that are exchanged between mm. kings and governors. And so I talked about the narrative function of what those letters do in the in the plot of the of the book of Ezra. Uh, that was my thesis for the license. And then for the doctorate, I wrote a dissertation on the plague narrative in Exodus, so oh, nice. Exodus 7 through 12. So the 10 plagues and how the retelling of that story in the Psalms Sweet. and in the prophetic literature, um, how it uses different metaphors and figures of speech to convey uh, kind of the power and the majesty of the story. Okay. Can I ask you one more difficult question? Sure. Okay. So in the plague where well, – we got time. Well, we got time. <laughs> in the plague, it says, okay, they turned all the water into blood. Yeah. And then they're like, well, his magicians did that too. If all the water was already blood, how did his magicians already do it too? Exactly. This is a great question. We actually talked about this the other night in Perfect. class. Perfect. This is awesome. Um, and the other time that that happens is when it says that uh, in the boils or in the pestilence plague, all, all the cattle die. All the cattle die. And yet later in another plague, there's cattle that are still around to be killed by the hail that comes later in the eighth plague. So, yeah. Or um, the firstborn. Right. Yeah. Again, even later. Yeah. Right. Because yeah, you're gonna have firstborn. Yeah. Very nice. Nice. See, yeah, making connections here. Maybe, right? Yeah. Maybe we can another, another scripture scholar on our hands here. Yeah. I, I can't do language. Send him to DC. Yeah. Send him away. Can't do language. Yeah. yeah. Um, so uh, th- I think one of the answers to this is that, uh, and this is part of what my dissertation looked at a little bit, the way that the language is used in that story is meant to tell a story that is catastrophic. So when the scripture says all. It doesn't necessarily have to mean every last one. I think mm. it means a plethora mm. of the. I think it means a whole lot of the cattle, you know, perish. A whole lot of the water in in yeah. um, Egypt turns to blood. You know, so much so that it was like overwhelming for the people. Um, because it does talk about later in the passage that they were able to dig for water still. Yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so I think sometimes when the biblical author in that passage uses the word all, it's to convey a sense of the sheer scope of it, hmm. but it doesn't have to necessarily mean every single last one. Okay, so that movie that came out, Moses, <laughs> with what's his name? Christian Bale, yeah. <laughs> Could you, maybe just to throw in like a practical, is there an Old Testament passage or, or two even that you might suggest to a guy who's listening who's maybe kind of praying about their vocation. Oh, hey, oh wow. Yeah, yeah sure. Um, I mean, the beginning of Samuel comes to yeah. mind, right? First Samuel, um, when Samuel hears the voice of the Lord Here I am. in I the temple. Yeah, and he yeah. goes to the priest that he's ministering with. And um, yeah, just that the repetition of that call, yeah. like how Samuel learns to listen to the Lord in the silence, how he's spending time day and night in, yeah. in the, it says the temple. It's probably one, the tent yeah. of meeting at that time. But yeah, I would I would direct anyone who's discerning a vocation to, to spend some time with the Lord and with Samuel. Yeah, there you have it. That's awesome. That's no, awesome. Thanks. Good job, Father Drew, to like turn that around. Well, I just, like, I mean, I'm thinking like practical stuff. I'm just, I'm just stuff, firing you know? off questions. No, the you're like, questions hey, are we great. A, we got yeah. a, we got a point the here to this podcast. Daniel. Yeah, 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 yeah. Read the Greek parts yeah. of Daniel and compare it with the Hebrew parts, and, and that could help you discern exactly. too. Yeah, you know? exactly. Yeah. From the midst of the flames, the yeah. three young men cried out yeah. with one voice. Blessed be God. Alleluia. Beautiful. Amen. 
Well, what would you suggest to a, a young man or even an older man? Um, because, you know, God calls at all different times mm-hmm. of life. Um, what would be the best thing for them to do right now, you think, in this day and age at this particular time, 2023? Yeah. And to, grow in, to grow in a relationship with the Lord, we just have to give of our time and be present, you know, to Him as He's present to us. So I would encourage people, um, the, the world is kind of busy and noisy and there's a lot of distractions, so to carve out time in your day for, for prayer, uh, especially in front of the Blessed Sacrament if you can get to church or to a chapel and do that. And um, to know that the relationship with God grows in silence, and sometimes it would be great. Montina Trapp said this at a, a, a homily for the seminarians a couple of weeks ago. Um, you know, it'd be great if the Lord said a little bit more in prayer, right? Sometimes, like we go to Him, and and He doesn't have a lot to say, right? Um, but that's also how friendships and relationships sometimes grow, just like in the intimacy of that silence, just being with each other, just being mm-hmm, with mm-hmm. the Lord. Um, he will continue. In, in his own way, in his own words, even if they're few, um, to speak to us and to call us to him. So, yeah, just spend time with the Lord. Amen. Father Drew, it happened. What's that? I'm happy. Hey, there it is. Uh, yeah. Wow. Father, Father Brian yeah. did it. Hey. I, I, knew, I knew it would happen. Spend, spend a good 57 minutes keeping vigil with Father Brian and <laughs> happiness flows. He know? does yeah, have a yeah. smile on his face. I yeah. think he wants to go read some more Daniel. That's right. Amen man. to that. Yeah. Coffee pot's brewing. Daniel, yeah. Samuel. All of them. Yeah, all those good yeah. L names. That's the word for God. All those words with L at the end have God in their names. So that's yeah. what you want in your yeah. name is God. Amen. You, would you like to lead us out in a prayer? I can do that. Sure. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. God, our Father, we praise and thank you for speaking to us and calling us to be your beloved sons and daughters. We ask that you continue to send your Holy Spirit upon us, that we may all be conformed every day more and more to the image of your son. Father, we ask for peace in our times, in our world, for peace in our own hearts and in our families. And we pray that as we go about the work of sharing the good news and spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ, we may help to bring many hearts and souls to you and to give you glory. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you, Father Brian, for being here. Thanks, brothers. Thank you so much. This was great. Yeah, and just the way that you answered questions and everything, I can see how just wonderful your classes are. So um, Praise God. Thank you. Yeah, I'm I'm sure they're blessed, all of your students. Yeah. Thank you so much. SHMS.edu. Come take one. Yeah, come and join the family down here at the Sem. Amen. Seminary fam. Amen. You've been listening to Men of the Hearts, a monthly podcast from the Archdiocese of Detroit Office of Priestly Vocations. Join me, your host, Father Craig Guerra. And Father Drew Maybe, As we explore the priesthood, hear vocation stories from priests all over the Archdiocese, and answer questions about discerning a priestly vocation. Tune in every month to wherever you get your podcast and learn more at DetroitPriestlyVocations.com. And then also go to shms.edu. Tune in every month. We got to start over. <laughs> <laughs>